Welcome to Small Business Marketing, Then, and Now. A conversation with small business owners on how they marketed the launch of their business, the evolution since then and how they have pivoted during this COVID-19 period. Brought to you by Profit Master Business Solutions. More leads, more sales, and more revenue for your small or medium-sized business. Click findnewrevenue.com to learn more. Now here's your host, Howard Walpoff. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm Howard Walpuff, your host. This is brought to you by Profit Master Business Solutions. And today we are learning a lot about wine. Uh, we have Yaku Vinnings from the Heartland Winery, who's really starting out their, uh, their first bottling right now of, uh, of the wines they've been developing uh, from this past year. He also is, uh, has a website, grapeunknown.com, and uh, lots of different small business activity for these different type of entities regarding wine that we're going to jump into. So, Yaku, welcome to uh, the conversation today. Thank you. I appreciate being here, Howard. Um, yeah, let's, let's talk some business, some wine business. So, you tell me a little bit beforehand. You, you uh, kind of had to make a decision at an early age that you were going to be developing wine and working in, in, in wineries. Uh, quickly share that with the audience and uh, Tell us how you got from that decision to launching a, a winery last year. Yeah. So, I mean, essentially, I'm from South Africa originally, born and raised. And so, you know, as, in South Africa, it's kind of weird. When you, when you finish high school, before you, the, the year before you finish high school, you have to start submitting for university because you kind of have to decide what you're going to go study, you know, at that age. Where in America, you get to go to community college. You have two years to kind of, you know, figure it out, I guess. And then those two years count towards your four-year degree as a bachelor's degree, if I, if I have that correct. Um, so you're not missing or you're not losing any time. But you, in South Africa, it doesn't work like that. So at 17, you're writing these tests and they say, okay, you know, you're going to be, you can be accountant. I think she said, you know, you're good with numbers. I'm like, yeah, I like numbers, but I also like working with my hands. So I don't want to sit in an office. She's like, okay, well, you know, what about a winemaker? And at 17, you know, and the legal drinking agents of Africa is 18. So at that point, I've had a few beers in my life. I'm like, yeah, that sounds cool. How cool would it be to be a winemaker? And so that completely just took the direction of where I am right now. And I went to university the following year and, and started studying to become a winemaker. It's, it's called a, a bachelor's degree in, in oenology and viticulture. Oenology is the art of making wine and viticulture, the art of, of the vine. So it's a, it's a double major. And so after university, you know, you, you, you have to start working. So you just don't become a winemaker. You start working in, in, in wineries. And I decided to do that across the world. So I worked in South Africa and I worked in France and then in Northern California. And when and in Northern California, I worked in the Shenandoah Valley, which is out from Sacramento. There, I lived in a small town called Fiddletown. Now, Fiddletown has, has a population of 18. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, so, so old gold mining town back in the heyday that 80,000 today, it's 18. And um, as I was living in this old Western town, it was, so, it was amazing, amazing experience. These people came through filming a short, um, a short film, a Western. And part of that crew is when I met my wife. And so on this wine journey, met my wife, and eventually we moved down to Los Angeles. And, um, and last year, we opened up a winery just outside Los Angeles. And that's kind of the whole story and how I got here. Very, very exciting. That's... Uh... That is, uh, is quite a story in itself, much less what, what, uh, what you ended up doing. 
but you started this winery last year, obviously that the whole process of, of uh, having location, planting the grapes and, and developing the harvest to then, to, to then make the wines. Um, and this is now your first, this first bottling season starting right now. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. We, we don't, it's, it's nothing. So we have um, the winery space. We don't have any vines. It's, it's in San Gabriel. So we, you know, we're looking to get vines and all that, but it takes like three to four years for you to get actual grapes you can use if you plant vines. So it's a long time if you can actually use that. So we, we can't wait that long. So we buy our grapes. We get our grapes from um, Malibu. We get our grapes from Temecula. We get our grapes from Paso Robles, wow. Central Coast wines that you usually might, might hear of. Um, I'm actually spoke to my, the winemaker I worked for in Northern California. And I, I told him, I was like, listen, I'm getting great. I'm representing all these areas, which is kind of fun because you get to make wine representing those areas. Um, and how amazing would it be for me to be able to represent where I worked up in Northern California, where I met my wife. And I actually, I actually got married in that small town as well. Um, uh, a few years later. So how amazing would it be to represent that? So we're getting grapes from the Shenandoah Valley, which is pretty far up high. Um, but, uh, and so we use that to make our wines. And so we did our first harvest 2019. Those wines have been sitting in barrels and tanks and, and ready, um, you know, becoming delicious. And now this week we are actually, you know, putting that into bottles and such, get that ready for, for market. Very exciting. So you're going to have these bottles and w what kind of process do you have to go through as a new winery? to get your wines out on the market for one and two then to, to actually market them so people know they exist. Yeah. So I'm very, very lucky in this area. Um, so we're, we're a small winery. Obviously we're not, you know, we're, we're starting out um, building this up. The winery is part of a, a brewery as well. So the brewery people have this massive space. It's a guy that I know um, they're making award-winning beers, but a, a third of the entire space was empty. They wanted to add wine to it. And essentially, I said, yeah, I'll, I'll do it. But if I do it, then you guys can have anything to do with the wine. Like, I don't want beer people involved in, in, my, in that area. Just like I don't have anything to do with the beer. And so we agreed on that. And so we started this section together. So the good thing for me is that we're in this beautiful space, massive tasting room. Um, they already have their beers in, in um, you know, in Bevmo and in, in um, uh, Whole Foods and all that kind of places. And... Uh, I make wine only for our tasting rooms that we have. There's not enough wine for me to even ship out. So I don't need to do that at all. And that's why that business plan really made sense in the beginning. And it will grow obviously as we go along, but starting our very first year, you're not going to go all out. It's a lot of money to start these things up. Um, and knowing that we already have that outlet to be able to get that wine sold in our tasting rooms, being craft quality wine um, was like a win-win for us because we didn't have to deal with any distribution. Once we do get to distribution, obviously we have people working for us that dis distribute the beer and then essentially we'll do the wine as well. And already we have these avenues where, you know, it's already in Whole Foods, it's already in Bevmo kind of thing. It, and so that's a, it's a kind of easy transition getting that in there. Otherwise, you just need to get like, a bank on a wine distributor going around and trying to get your wines into, into stores. But like I said, for us, luckily, um, very luckily, we just, I just don't have to deal with that just yet you really found a very streamlined uh, path to get this all started. Absolutely. I mean, it, it literally kind of fell into my lap, which I'm, <laughs> which I'm very happy about. And so as far as marketing and, you know, the premise of, the, of this podcast, which is amazing, and, and for the listeners listening, you know, 
I'm lucky in the sense that I don't have to go find people because that's a difficult thing is to find people to want to want that you have to to offer. Um, but yeah, no, it, it completely fell into my lap. And like, you know, a, a, the nice thing is I can also, I come and go so, as I please. So I'm at this position where I just, you know, I'm, I'm completely living out my, my life passion on my terms uh, without any of the stresses that someone else might face, um, which is a really good thing. So because you have this tasting room and there are people who are familiar with it and have come there to taste beer, it just facilitates you being able to, to offer them wine and, and to sell bottles of wine to them as well. Absolutely. And so think about, you know, going to a tasting room and this was part of the marketing in the beginning thinking, well, how are we, you know, just, oh, it sounds cool to just like me wanting to, you know, wanting to study wine. Oh, it sounds cool to be a winemaker. You can't really approach it with that kind of sense. Oh, it sounds cool to have a winery. Yeah. But you know, they, somebody needs to drink your wine and somewhere you're going to have to make money. Otherwise it's not a business. So a part of that premise was, okay, you know, the, the craft beer industry is, has been blowing up for quite some time. Um, and the tasting room space that they have is very, you know, it's dog friendly, like a lot of these places. It's, they have games. So people come there and they just don't, don't come. They stay there for a while. People join. They bring their own food. You can bring your own food and, and such. So you meet there as a group of friends, but those friends don't all drink maybe beer or don't even like beer. And so we're offering this alternative um, to them now. And so that, that is hopefully would work really well. We had one of the wines launched already. Uh, just to kind of see how it went, and it went, and it went really well. Excellent. Uh, that really is fantastic. Now, with this, I'm going to try to jump a little further than I normally would. This, with this plan and COVID-19, how does that play out with, uh, with people being able to access the tasting room and the wine? Yeah. Well, that was a little bit of a uh, wrench in our, in our works, obviously, like for so many other people. So essentially... You know, they did a, the tasting room is closed. It's been only open for a very small time frame until they close it again up, up here in California. I'm not sure what the rest of because I know every state is different. But where yeah. in California, it's it's closed. And um, it, before they opened, because we could open for a few weeks, they did really well, and so we were allowed to deliver the beer sales instead of people coming. They order beer and they and they go to these places. Like I said, I don't have any of my wines in bottles or cans or, or anything yet. We're doing that this week, um, but. Uh, when, when they were open, it obviously went really well and then they closed down again. So the issue is having not people not be there, not sitting down and, and drinking, but because of that, their can sales for the beer has gone up immensely. And so relating that to the wine side of things, um, that's why I've waited so long to actually get these things ready to go because our business plan doesn't include sending this wine anywhere. Our business plan is completely built around people coming to the tasting room and only having enough wine for our tasting rooms to, to, um, to, to, to serve them. And so now we're kind of at a, well, we're just waiting. The wine's not going to go bad, but we're just kind of waiting. But now the second harvest season is starting. So we're starting to make our second year of worth of wine while we still have our first year of wine. So obviously, when we started this out last year, we didn't think that this was going to happen. Um, and so what can you do about it? I mean, you can... I can either try and get it out to to, uh, to to stores and shops or I can just wait until we open up. I guess if you have the ability to wait, then you're able to stick with that same game plan. I think at some point we're going to learn what the rest of 2020 actually is as these curves 
hopefully quickly go down and then what what maintenance means in the process and that's really where some of the decision making is is probably going to come in on your end absolutely i mean i am at a place where i can wait because the the beer side of things and i'm so lucky that it worked out like this carries a lot of the weight so having a multiple purpose uh business where you have you know multiple income streams and all that is really beneficial for this area because they are carrying the weight the, the heavy lifting right now with the canning um, of the beers while i'm just sitting there looking pretty going into my next season making wine um waiting for us to be able to 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 put that out there but once we do put it out there um i think we will be able to see, see read the rewards you're gonna have to be patient in this game right now that i'm playing at least so you made the mention of, uh, of multiple in, uh, streams of income. And you also have this website and uh, virtual wine tastings and different types of events. So why don't you share a little bit about that as well? Yeah, sure. So the other side of what I do is, is online education, especially in wine. And so we, I'm very much into um, video and, and filming. And we did a web series called The Grape Escape, where we traveled around the world and we went to all this off the beaten path winery. So think of the only winery in Belize, um, Israel, all that kind of, like they've got a massive wine industry in Israel and, and all over the world. And as we were traveling, filming this, myself, my wife, she was with me, you know, we met these amazing wine people all across the world, such interesting stories, such interesting characters and such interesting information. But my wife completely missed out on this. She, she had no idea. And she, she told me, I'm, I'm, I'm not getting the value what, from this that you're getting because i'm like yeah no i get it and i'm talking and, we, and we're just talking you know we're, we're just going at it and she's like mm, standing in the background okay cool guys i'll see you guys later what was going on and so we completely excluded her out of this conversation out of this amazingness that she could have gained and so she told me it's like yeah you, you're good online to teach people you're, you're good at teaching so you know create something that you can help people to to breach that gap because if you think about a winemaker a lot of people have this wrong but i personally believe like they're we're very open we're any question welcome there's no like yeah let's sit down and have a glass of wine and talk about it you know no pinkies up anything like that but as you you get to the end of the supply chain like as you get to the restaurants and as you get to the the wine tastings this is kind of like intimidation confusion that's added that wine is picking up along the supply chain and we kind of wanted to break that down so we decided to start the grape unknown which is online wine tastings we have a club that we, uh, we come together every month and we essentially tackle one uh, element in wine appreciation or understanding that we can really like get a hold of and then they can practice it for the month. And um, yeah, and we get together and just kind of learn about wine. But the environment is very safe. It's for newer wine drinkers, people that like wine, that's got interested, interested in wine. They might have been drinking wine for 10 years, but you know, they, they just feel like now's the time to learn. Um, and so we do that and we just get together. You don't need to have a specific wine or anything. Make it very simple for people. Because I also think that thinking about getting your ideal audience, it's sometimes difficult to, for people to show up for something that they, that's a passion for them, but not necessarily that's going to financially benefit them. If, if that makes sense. Oh, it definitely makes sense. Um, and it's really a great concept, getting groups of people together. It's, it's funny, Zoom has really shown a lot of different ways that people have been able to socialize, lots of, lots of Zoom happy hours and, uh, and such, whether it's uh, friends or, or business. But uh, being able to do this for individuals, do this for different corporate events, 
uh, you, you've really shown uh, some really great um, opportunity exposure with it. Um, what, what has been the, the best way that you have marketed this so that a broader range of people have had an understanding of this available to them? So we started, this was a difficult one for us to get a hold of. We started off, um, and it, it comes back to who is your audience? Who are you actually trying to serve? Because you can, and so we started off with Facebook ads. We said, okay, Facebook ads going to be the thing, you know, we're going to get Facebook ads and the, the audience is out there. You just tag somebody that likes wine and kind of like they should, they're your market. So you put something out that say, you know, um, if you like wine, you know, join us for this live free virtual wine tasting event. But obviously everybody likes wine. You're not defining your audience in any way, shape or form in that way. And so we started running into really difficult things where everybody's like, so people would sign up like, yeah, they want to do it. But when they actually have to put, you know, that the time where their mouth is actually show up then it doesn't happen. Um, or somebody wants to learn, but if they actually want to have to, you know, continue and you know pay a dollar for the first month to sign up for the club they kind of like are hesitant because they don't know if they've got the time or any of the kind of things um and so we we realized that we first of all had to get much more specific with our audience so it's not just if you like wine it's no you've been drinking wine for a while you find it interesting maybe you're interested in it, but you find it interesting for now, but you're kind of, you know, you're scared to learn because maybe you feel a little bit intimidated. There's not a safe space for you to learn. And all this wine knowledge in there, out there is just so confusing. And so having to kind of break it down like that, finding the specific audience that, that we wanted and putting that message out there has then started getting us really good results. Also on a, on a sense of marketing is um, just showing up, showing up on podcasts, um, media, Corporate tastings. I started doing Airbnb tastings right now, which is a new thing they have, virtual wine tastings on Airbnb. And that's going amazing. You know, so I, I, I have this five-star rating on there, which I can use to leverage myself on other platforms as well to be able to, you know, show that I, I know what I'm doing. I've not just been doing it because it's COVID-19. I've been doing it for a year and a half now. And that makes things a lot easier. That this was, this was a plan you had. This, isn't, this wasn't a pivot but you were well prepared for the pivot because you had this already in progress and, uh, and, and operational. Absolutely. We were starting this well, well, like a while ago. Um, like I said, since we, my wife gave me the speech about not, you know, having to learn about, about wine, um, which is a good thing because it opened my eyes, but, uh, no, it's, it, uh, and there's a lot of people doing virtual wine tastings now. Uh, and when you see wineries do it, then it's a sense of buy my wine and do the virtual wine tasting, which I think is a fabulous way of doing it. On Airbnb, it's a ton of people all around the world that's doing it now. Um, but we, luckily for me, have broken down and fine-tuned the system of being able to do five wine tastings, understanding what people come to a virtual wine tasting, what they actually want, what they need to be able to walk away, not saying, oh, that was cool, but actually walk away and be like, yeah, no, I, I, I'm walking away, an hour well spent, and I learned this, this, and this that I'm going to use in my wine life. So... Looking towards the second half of this year, and a lot of it is, is gray and unknown, what do you see as the key components for success and, and getting your message out? Hey, so for the grape unknown side of things, I think keeping the current course is a good way, but very much involving 
myself with other brands. So we're doing essentially, we've, we're working now with people, going to work with people that we partnered up with to be able to, uh, you know, as a, they give a virtual wine tasting to their students for free because they graduated their course, you know, and being able to get into that space. And instead of, you know, different ways of finding the people that you need to as far as a marketing strategy, but instead of going out there, kind of you find, pick out the one, two, three people, maybe you can tell me this is wrong or right. Um, I'm partnering with groups, almost affiliate like type situations where, you know, we are working with people and they already have established groups saying, listen, Yes, free wine tastings. And if they love it, they can check us out. If they don't love it, that's fine. And so we're reaching more people in a simpler way because we're trying to, you know, we're trying to do it in a way that doesn't take forever, if that makes sense. There must be simpler ways to approach any kind of problem. And we're trying to find the simplest way to approach this problem, which is to reach the biggest audience, to tell people, hey, we're here. Because the problem, Howard, is that even though virtual wine tastings is a thing, and it definitely wasn't a thing when we were doing it three months ago, Imagine trying to sell computers to people in the 70s or 80s. I don't even know. I wasn't alive back then. But, you know, say, hey, listen, we've got this new thing. It's electronics. It's, a com- it's called a computer. It, you know, you type it out and, it's, and it shows up on a screen. And you're going to have people say, it's just never going to work. You need electro- whatever. The- There's a million reasons why this is not going to work. I feel like it's the same thing for wine right now. We're trying to say that how we're trying to convince people to show, like, how is virtual wine based things actually a thing? Like, how is that going to work? So we're going through this really rough stage right now of trying to, Get it, get it to people. It's like this is the thing you can. You don't just need to do wine tastings when you go to wine country, um, and so we're working and adapting and changing through through this environment as as we go along. And it's probably a good broad way to look at 2020, uh, especially with you with you starting out. And uh, it's definitely going to bring us lots of different lessons and education ahead. So I. Uh, what would be the best way for people to get in contact with you if they were to learn more about the winery, the wines that are coming out, and obviously the, uh, the different type of programming you have? They can simply go to grapeunknown.com. Uh, they can reach me there. There's all kinds of options to work with us, to reach out, just ask a wine question, find us on Facebook. Uh, we're, we're very, very open to, to you know, just to help people in their wine journey. That's the main goal is to just kind of help people move forward. Like it's, like I'm assuming it's, it's any business um, is to kind of just help people move forward. So they can just go to Grab for No One and they can find us there. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for joining us. This really was, uh, I really enjoyed this. Very educational from the, a, uh, a high school concept that was thrown at you on a, uh, on a, on pretty much a, an assessment to really coming into fruition and now a very exciting time of bottling with some little little uh, setbacks here and there, but a really great plan on how to implement all this. So congratulations to you for really, uh, um, I guess, making, <laughs> making your high school teachers proud. And, uh, and, and I don't know about that, but yeah, hopefully. <laughs> moving forward with all this. No, absolutely. Thank you, Howard. I appreciate the opportunity. I hope your viewers and your listeners got some value out of this, um, but uh, it was nice being here and good luck with, uh, with the podcast. Thank you very much. And, awesome. and really take advantage. Go, go take a look at his uh, website. There's the, the link uh, connected here. Uh, but go out, have a great day today, and we'll see you next time. This has been Small Business Marketing, then and now. Brought to you by Profit Master Business Solutions. Marketing strategy for the small business owner. To learn more, click findnewrevenue.com.